This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. With the second pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select... Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky stepping up, fires down the sideline. Robinson makes the catch. From the Raiders to the Bears, Khalil Mack, now officially in Chicago. Brought down, Khalil Mack. Welcome back to the Chicago Shuffle Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Lee, here again for another awesome week of Bears football. So stoked. This is a little bit of a preview crossover pod. I'm joined today by Tyler, host of the Pride Podcast, also at Lions Nation on Instagram. Tyler, how you doing, man? Doing well, man. How are you doing? You know, I've been better. I I realized I've re-listened to you know a few of the pods that I've done recently, and I'm just kind of like, that's a terrible bummer to listen to. So the goal today is not to just piss into the wind and bitch moan and complain for 45 minutes. The goal <laughs> is actually to kind of look forward and find... What's actually going on with the Bears and what might happen going forward? And the first way to do that is to talk about their opponent this Sunday, and that is the Detroit Lions. So it's time for the division divisional games to kind of get back in, and this is a little preview of our, our annual Thanksgiving game. So um, before anything, man, I, I just kind of want to know how you're feeling about the Lions and how the season's gone for you personally so far. Um, wow. Okay. So, you know, it's been a, it's been a roller coaster this year so far for the Lions. So, you know, going to this season – I had some, I guess I would say high expectations, stupid to leave me for thinking that, but um, we're sitting at three, four, and one. I, I can't say I'm satisfied with the team, but, you know, the reason why I had the expectations of com- coming into the season that, you know, maybe things could change. Maybe this Detroit Lions curse is not real. Maybe we could actually compete for a division. Nope, nope, nope. You know, I thought maybe year two, Matt Patricia, you know, he had the offseason to bring whoever he basically wanted, him and Bob Quinn, our general manager. They had the cap money to basically bring anyone they want. And they did that by paying Trey Flowers, they paid Justin Coleman, and they also paid Jesse James. We had a top 10 draft pick. I'm like, okay, you know, we, we got some puzzle pieces to build off. And, you know, in the offseason, I thought they actually did a, a pretty good job of building those puzzle pieces, filling in some needs, but... Right now, I'm looking completely wrong right now, and my expectations going into the season, maybe competing for a division, and then maybe getting like a wild card spot is not looking too bright right now because, we're, like I mentioned, we are sitting at 3-4-1 and one in a very tough NFC North. So, I mean, you know, who, who would I be to criticize somebody for having homery thoughts about their own team? Yeah. I'm, that is my corner. I stand on it every single day. And I, I, the only reason I don't have money on the line 
uh, you know, for the Bears over and all these other ridiculous prop bets is that Bovada wouldn't take my credit card info right before the season started. So thank you, Bovada. Uh, <laughs> no, no advertising associated with this whatsoever. Thank you for denying my credit card and saving me a boatload of money because the Bears have, uh, yeah, like as discussed, shit the bed pretty hard in terms of their expectations and just as a general thing. They're three and five and have lost four straight. So. Um, you know, I looked at, at the Lions offseason and I, I saw exactly what you were talking about, which is, you know, you had some money to spend and, you know, I, I liked a lot of the guys. I liked a lot of the guys that were brought over. No, you know, you're not going to find a superstar in free agency more often than not. It just doesn't work that way. But Trey Flowers, a lot of money for him, but a really solid football player. And that's what the Patriots do. You know, they build somebody up and use him get all their value out of them. They're like, go get paid somewhere else. We're not going to be the guys that do it. Um, there's just like a lot of guys that I liked on the team, but okay. So three, four and one and underperforming by your expectations. But I feel like, and correct me if you feel differently, that the record could easily be five and two, f you know, five and three. Like it, it feels like a lot of these games have come down to the death and it's not like you've been out of games and severely underperforming. It's just that, you know, those critical few plays haven't happened. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess like the Kansas City game, you know, just a few stupid mistakes here and there. Like we had the carry on Johnson. We were on the one yard line. You know, he, he wasn't down technically. Brashawn Breeland picks it up, gets a 101 yard fumble six. Yeah, that, that's a huge mistake. Sorry uh, about that one, man. Yeah. And um, <laughs> what was it? The last drive of the game, we're up by, what was it? Four points, three points, something like that. I think we we're up by four. Last drive. You know, we, we pin them, they take a touchback. You know, they're driving fourth and eight and on their own 30-yard line. And what do we do? Patrick Mahomes runs up to the middle. We, we don't have a spy. It's just, yeah, stupid games. You know, the Green Bay game. Played really well the whole game, basically. You know, played, I guess, good enough to win the football game. Trey Flowers gets called hands in the face two times. And um, if you look at the replay, I hate to blame the rest, but awful calls <laughs> and there have been a lot of those this year across the league you're not yeah. the only guy yeah and then you know minnesota we there's no excuse for minnesota we absolutely lost to the vikings they just came out flat after that green bay game and they looked disgusting um and then uh, this sunday versus the raiders man you know um they played okay their offense played really well <laughs> mm -hmm. defense was not well but then, you know, like I said, they had another chance. They could have tied the game. You know, they got it to, who was it, o Oakland's five, and they call up play action on fourth and goal on the last play <laughs> without Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones, and we threw it to our third string tight end. Yeah. Yeah, so it's just been bad coaching. Like, better coaching could have won you some of those games, and you could have been, yeah, like you said, sitting at a different record right now and maybe talking more highly about this team. So we're both go kind of going through this right now with our head coaches, you know, Bears fans with Matt Nagy and, and Lions fans with Patricia. So, like, let's talk about that. How do you feel about Patricia in year two? What's your kind of hope going forward? Um, yeah, like, grade him so far. Uh, if I had to grade Matt Patricia right now, I'd probably give him, like, a C- minus or D plus if I had to mm -hmm. grade him. Yeah. And that just falls on going into the season. This guy is supposed to be, you know, your defensive guru, this defensive-minded head coach, the rocket scientist. And we are right now the 31th ranked defense in the NFL. We were only right behind the Cincinnati Bengals. So that means the Miami Dolphins. Is that true? That is, that is true, man. Oh, uh, buddy, sorry. <laughs> that means the Miami <laughs> Dolphins, the, the Washington Redskins, and the New York Jets have a better defense than us right now. 
you know, we're living very mirrored lives. Like, Nagy's supposed to be this offensive guru, and we have the worst uh, offense in the NFL. So I feel you. I don't, it's not the same, but I feel you a lot. A yeah, lot. It's, it is very similar, actually. <laughs> it's just the other way. And our offense has actually been balling this year. I believe we are the fifth-ranked offense right now. Matthew Stafford is playing like an MVP right now. His receiver's been pretty good. And this is all without a run game, still, first of all. And our offense has just been really good so far this year. But, you know, going to the season, I thought our offense could maybe be you know, middle of the pack, maybe that 16, 17 range, whatever. Sure, sure. And then our defense with all the acquisitions, you know, the draft, this defensive minded head coach, maybe we could be a top 10 defense, maybe even a top five defense if everything goes well. And no, and that everything that I thought going to the season has just flipped around. Like I thought this offense could be just average, maybe just a little below average, but they're playing, you know, out of their minds right now. And the defense who I thought could be really good are playing awful right now and like i said they're the 31th ranked defense so i'm not very happy with matt patricia right now and ah it's just it, it's sad man it really is sad <laughs> man it, it's it's hard to predict what's going to happen year to year in the nfl things change so quickly and like you said things that you think you can count on all of a sudden you look up and it's com- the complete opposite so we're kind of doing it right now but i'd be curious like you know what's going really well for the lions right now and we'll get to what's going bad on the on the other half of it so save that i know you got it but like what are you feeling really good about when it comes to how the lions are playing so like i mentioned you know they went out and signed daryl bevel this offseason to be our offensive coordinator from well he took the year off and he was in seattle and i've actually really enjoyed uh daryl bevel so far an actual offensive coordinator has actually used our quarterback's arm who you know respect arguably has like a top five arm in the NFL. You know, Matthew Stafford has a, you know, gunslinger of an arm. You know, he's, he could sling that ball. And we actually hired an offensive coordinator that is actually using his arm. So I really like the offensive performances. But then you could flip it around. Daryl Bevel's called. I'll get when we get to the negatives. But, um, yeah, yeah, you almost slipped it, into it. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, I've, I've been really happy with our wide receivers. Matthew Stafford, like I've mentioned. And, yeah, our offensive coordinator, um, those things are some positives to take away. And now you want to go negative. I feel, I th- I th- feeling I think that. that. I think that's all I got. Okay. okay. <laughs> what do you, what do you feel terrible about? But keep it to like three things. So we're not here for half an hour. Okay. Okay. Um, terrible coaching, man. Um, <laughs> just, just coaching in general, man. Like the rushing three, Matt Patricia's rushing or whoever he, he's given credit to Paul Pasicloni for this defense. I think it's Matt Patricia. Different story. Um, rushing three consistently, not blitzing, that's number one. I saw one, I saw one play last week. They rushed two. I've never seen that in the NFL or any type of football. I've never seen someone rush two at the quarterback. But, wow. Um, so, yeah, coaching is number one. Number two, another year without a run game. Uh, since I've been a fan, you know, I'm only 18 years old. I heard about Barry Sanders back then. I've never seen a run game for the Detroit Lions. Never. I, I've, uh, we've had, I think, what I want to say, nine maybe 800 yard rushers in Matthew Stafford's career maybe 10 but very low so I've never seen a good run game in Detroit and another year of that no run game in Detroit and uh number three I guess the defensive line very underwhelming not getting pressure on a quarterback not being able to stop the run it's just it's just been a complete mess and I guess that's my three disappointments with this team 
Yeah, no, it's a lot, and those are big disappointments that kind of cover a lot of things. So yeah. I feel you. It's funny, man. I'm just listening to you talk about your team. You're like, what would it be like to have a running game and a defense? And I'm like, that's all I know, man. A running <laughs> game and defense. Like, what's it like to have a quarterback that could throw the goddamn football? <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I'm not going to talk about that. Everything's fine. and Everything's fine in Chicago, and maybe this is the week that Mitch turns it around. Hey, you have a chance, man. You have a chance. A 31-3 yeah. defense, you got yeah, a chance. Yeah. Any given Sunday, man. It's ridiculous. I, you know, the Bears have been had chance after chance after chance the last few weeks. They've faced depleted rosters and, you know, starting quarterbacks that are out, you name it, uh, against teams that have terrible secondaries. It doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter if the offensive line can't protect and the quarterback can't throw the ball. It seems to be a, a really hard way to run an offense. So, uh, yeah, that's that. So, um, before we kind of move forward, what's the injury situation with the team you know, what important guys are out, what guys are coming back, like what's the state of affairs when it comes to injuries? So I actually, our injury report has been, this is the biggest injury report we've ever had this season. Um, right now, our starting left guard, Joe Dahl, he did not practice on Wednesday, but I actually just saw a tweet an hour before recording this that he did return to practice today, so he might play this Sunday. He is our starting left guard, so it's going to be definitely interesting. Our starting safety, he missed last week, Tracy Walker. Uh, he's not practiced the last two days, so I would assume he'll probably another week without our starting free safety. Um, Sam Martin, our punter, man, he's not been out there the last two days, and we actually signed a punter to the practice squad on uh, Wednesday. So this might be a game without our punter, and I don't. I think the last time Sam Martin's missed a game is 2017, so that's going to be interesting. Who who takes the kicks if not him? It's going to be, I guess, I guess we'll promote the guy we signed to the practice squad. His name is Matt Weil. I've never sure. heard of him. I've never sure. heard of him before. But <laughs> It'd be really weird if you knew, like, the depth of street free agents and punters. That'd be a little, <laughs> it'll be a little much, man. <laughs> but I believe he's played for the Steelers in the preseason. I don't know. Look at you. I, he I, did know. I, I think so. I don't know. He might yeah. have. <laughs> All right. I was convinced. That sounded good. Yeah. Um, and then Deshaun Hand, who has missed the first seven weeks of the NFL season, came back the last two weeks. He's back on the injury report with a different injury. He's not practiced the last two days. And then Mike Daniels has been limited in practice another week. He hasn't played since week three. Graham Glasgow, our, our starting right guard, he's he's been limited in practice. He hasn't he didn't play last week. Matthew Stafford was even limited for a back injury for carrying too much. Um, and then Danny Amendola is dealing with the hand. He was a full participant, and then Snacks is a full participant, then Jesse James is a full participant. Amani Awarie has coming back, it looks like, and then Darius Slay actually had a full practice. So we have a few positives in there, but we're missing guys like Deshaun Hen and Joe Dahl, who've appeared back on the injury report. You ever see an untucked button-down? They look bad. They look like someone forgot to do something. Why? Because they weren't meant to be worn that way. No matter your size or your shape, Untuck It shirts always fall at the perfect untucked length. I hate buying shirts, especially online, because God knows there's not a mall out there anymore. And if there was, who would want to go to it to buy shirts? Not me. So you look online, you say, oh, wow, that might look good. And then you put it on and one sleeve is longer than the other and it ends at your belly button. Uh, it's really not how you want to do it. And that's the thing about Untuck It. With more than 50 fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. 
You can find your favorite Untuck It style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. You can choose from styles like wrinkle-free button downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit untuckit.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. Um, all right, so as it pertains to all those things, I, I think the important thing, if, you, if you're you know a Bears fan and wondering about the Lions, is how you if if you were trying to defeat the Lions, like how would you go about attacking them, especially with the within the context of injuries, who's missing, okay. you know, whatever kind of band aids you guys might be trying to put over what's wh- what you have going on. I think on your offense, I know you guys haven't been doing it this year, but but if you guys want any chance, and you guys have a good chance of doing this. Matt Nagy, if you're listening, run the ball. Run the ball, man. No, we have not been able to stop the run up the A-gap all year long. It doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter. It could be Delvin Cook or it could be, um, I mean, I don't know. It could be anyone. David Montgomery will be able to run on this team. I'll, I'll say that. If you just run up the A-gap, take advantage of our, our run defense because it's, it's very bad. So, um, And if Deshaun Hand is not out there, because it it did seem like when Deshaun Hand came back versus the Giants, that was his first game back the season, we actually, um, you know, we did a good job on Saquon Barkley. We only, like, limited him to, I believe, like 70 or 60 yards, which is, you know, pretty good. And, uh, but Josh Jacobs, man, he ran all over us, and it's just been the story all year long. So, Chicago, I know you guys do not run the ball, but a weakness you guys need to take advantage of us is running up, running up right up the A-gap. Uh, that bodes and, well, actually. I mean, I, look, Nagy's had a hard time coming to terms with the fact that he can't run his offense. So the I formation has showed up the last two weeks, and it's been super effective whenever we've done it. Um, yeah, I would I would expect to see something to that effect, but how much he commits to it and how it works, that's that remains to be seen. And I'd also probably look to get Tariq Cohen involved because we just don't have a linebacker or a safety if Tracy Walker especially not going. We don't have anyone that could really guard – a guy like Tariq Cohen. Yeah, I know you guys haven't been really using him this year. I know I think he has like the most drop passes. Like I think he has six or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I tried to get him involved this week. You know, maybe even like you know putting a wheel route or you know just get him involved in the passing game because we have not been able to stop running backs in the passing game. Like I told you, we mentioned we uh, we stopped Barkley in the run game, but he killed us in the passing game. So. Mm. Running backs have been able to do their work against us in the passing game because we don't have, like I mentioned, a linebacker or a safety to really guard them. So I would look to get Tariq Cohn involved. Our corners have been pretty good, but we don't get pressure on a quarterback. So, you know, your quarterback will have a million they're seconds. they kind of put to... out on an island all the time. Yeah, so they have a million seconds to pass, and they're going to eventually get open. But I would probably look for your run game to maybe start going this week and maybe get, like, Tariq Cohen a, a good week because I know he's been struggling pretty badly because I've had him in fantasy football, and I've been – this close to dropping him so. yeah dude he is a bummer i mean he's basically a droppable player at this point the bears don't really know how to use him um i think part part of the bears problems is that you can't string together a drive and kind of get into the depth of their roster so you look at you know the statistics at the half or the end of the game and you're like oh alan robinson had seven targets and the next guy had two you know yeah. like so it's just like a lack of plays and continuity but yeah, no, Tariq Cohen has been totally misused. They can't quite figure it out. And that's kind of bizarre to me, given that they had so much success with them last year. They knew exactly what was working. And those wheel routes, 
I mean, they ran those on you left, right, and center last year. Exactly. Um, both in Detroit and Chicago, and they worked every single time. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think we saw one one attempt this year. You know, Mitch threw it out of bounds. But I haven't seen the, the Tariq wheel route hardly at all. I saw one against Minnesota. They used the option route out of the backfield, and that worked great. It was a touchdown. So, you know, that's just another thing that the Bears have to look at. But, you know, if I'm Matt Nagy, I'm running the ball with Montgomery, and I'm looking to Tariq out of the backfield, and I'd probably put them both on the field at the same time just so yep. there's a little bit of optionality there. Yeah, the two running backs has kind of killed us this year, and I, I assume a smart coach would probably take advantage of that. So. Mm, yeah, I, th- I feel like that's, you know, testing your manhood there, Nagy. Don't make him look stupid. <laughs> so, okay, so, you know, it it sounds like it's not like you have like a critical injury so to speak of in terms of oh you're not you know your quarterback's down or your number one wide receiver or anything like that so for the most part you're going to have you know the totality of your team or there's nothing like brand new that's going on that hasn't been going on before um i'm curious how you see the bears obviously you know i think within the division we all kind of have a sense of how things are going and take great joy and suffering so i'm sure you've had a lot of smiles the last month or so as the bears have totally shit the bed but what are you looking at what are you afraid of what are you not afraid of kind of how do you see that playing out um i guess a thing i would say i am afraid of the chicago bears team it is i know he's not been as good as lately it's always khalil mack man like uh, do you remember that play when he played in soldier field last year where he absolutely just like pushed taylor decker our left tackle and just Got to Matthew. It's in that commercial, his Khalil Mack commercial. It's like, the... oh yeah, I watch it when I'm feeling sad. Yeah. <laughs> that play has given me nightmares. <laughs> that play gives me nightmares, and I know he's not been as good as he like has this year, but I believe he still has like six sacks this year. I wish we had a guy like that. Um, yeah. So Khalil Mack still scares the hell out of me. Um, your pass rush just. I mean, our offensive line's actually been pretty well this year, but they have those games every here and there where. They they can't hold the, a defensive line and they're gonna they're gonna get a shit ton of pressures on us and um, we haven't faced a guy like Khalil in a while because you know we played like Minnesota they have a good defensive line we actually did a solid job with them but like when we played uh, Arizona week one I believe Chandler Jones and like T Sizzle each had like three or four sacks like they got so many sacks in that game it was just bad so uh, I'd say Khalil Mack is really scaring me. Um, one thing I'm not really scared about is the guy you've mentioned, man, is Mitch Trubisky in that offense. Like, even though our defense has not been that good, it could go either way, man. Mitch Trubisky could have a career day, or our defense could get back to what I thought they should be and be able to stop them. But it's it's that's the matchup I'm looking for this this Sunday, man. Did you, when you, you know, when the Bears drafted Trubisky and you watched him these first couple of years, did you think it was headed the direction that it is now? Like, are you a Trubisky truther, or is this what you thought would happen, or are you as surprised as some of the people in Chicago that it went as poorly as it has? I'm actually pretty surprised, honestly. I know Detroit fans have, they hate Mitch Trubisky for some reason. Like, I never understood the hate against Mitch Trubisky. I understand he's a division rival, and... I actually thought he was going to have a solid career. I've actually been one of those guys that always kind of backed up Mitch. And even the beginning of the season when he was struggling, I'm like, he didn't, you know, he got no reps in training camp or in preseason, really. I'm like, just give it some time. I think he could figure it out. But we're now week 10 in the NFL season. And my opinions on that have changed drastically. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I've, like, I know he's a Bears player, but, like, I feel bad for the guy. I mean, I really do. He wants it bad. He's easy to feel bad for. He looks a little pitiful out there. Yeah. It's just, 
I, I am kind of surprised. I was never one of those people that just thought he was a boss right away. You know, I thought you, you just kind of took everything that because last year he was running the ball. Like I haven't seen him run the ball this year, you know, and he uses running backs like at a good rate. Like Tariq Cohen was looking like a deadly option for him where he could just check down the ball. I haven't seen that this year with Chicago, and it's kind of surprising me because I thought Matt Nagy, who was a you know kind of an offensive guru, who was a you know very smart coach last year, it looked like, um, just kind of almost abandoned it. Like the run pass option's been invisible in your your offense this year, and I thought that's where he thrived. You know, that was my opinion at least. No, you're you're spot on. It's something we've discussed on the pod uh, a few different times, and my operating theory, which you know I'm happy to share. Uh, my own hypothesis that I feel really smart about that's based in nothing but an idea I had is that Nagy's offense is predicated on uh, a quarterback being able to manage the game. And it's not necessarily about being super dynamic, but you have to be able to kind of lean on him to push the offense forward with the alternative being a run-based offense where the passing game is kind of complementary or secondary to that. So if you were a quarterback, you know, uh, and became an offensive uh, coach, if you had Alex Smith, you would kind of lean in that direction where it's like, all right, when things are tough, we're going to be able to count on the quarterback to make a smart decision and to be able to, even if it's just for a three-yard gain or getting to that run check or what have you, we're going to be able to count on that. And so the way the Bears are right now, there's a couple unfortunate things going on. One is that Trubisky, I mean, you could even go pre-snap, post-snap. Post-snap, it's all kind of a nightmare. Like he can only read one guy at a time. His field vision has never really developed but pre-snap is a huge problem because we moved our left guard to center and our center to left guard to their natural positions and so you have a second year player at center making the line protection calls and a third year quarterback making line protection calls and they're missing it all the time so they're they're in a position to lose pre-snap and that's you know that wasn't happening last year Cody Whitehair was making a lot of those line calls and now he's not, and James Daniels hasn't been able to uh, step up. So that's part one. And then the other part is just that, you know, Mitch, certainly the injury, the left shoulder injury has played into things where they de-emphasize the running game. But even prior to that, he hadn't been running at all, and that's sort of inexplicable. I do know that when it comes to the RPO game, that teams were starting to take that away, and the way they were doing it was putting Mitch in this really tough decision-making moment, like to kind of make it look like, he was going to have to throw to throw the ball and at the very last second, you know, opting out of that. And he wasn't able to make the adjustment. And so that's been kind of used around the league, but it, as it pertains to running the ball, even scrambling out of the pocket, that's just not happening anymore. And it's, it remains to be seen whether that's Mitch or that's Nagy having kind of an ego to this, like, you know, we're going to be a pocket. You're going to be a pocket passing quarterback. It's time to develop that. It's time to use the whole field. At this point, it makes a lot of sense for the Bears to use really whatever will gain positive yardage. We just had a first first half that was the worst first half in 40 years of Bears football where, you know, we were credited with nine yards. But if you look at, you know, the losses, it was actually a negative yardage half. And I've seen some horrific halves or games of Bears football, but that was right there near the top. And it's sort of inexplicable given the talent on the field, the reputation of the coaching staff you know everything that happened last year it's not like there weren't results to speak of so uh no you're you're spot on why isn't Mitch running the ball why isn't the RPO game there it 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 really is a question that just hangs in the air yeah man I it's it's been interesting and like nine yards against Philly like I know they have a good front seven but that secondary is awful man like it's a it's terrible. You know, like, you got to take advantage of that. When we played Philly, that's, like, what we were doing, man. Just Even Stafford was kind of off that game. But 
you know, we try to get Marvin Jones, Kenny Galladay involved in that game. Just that's where you just need to pass the ball, man. Like, cause you're not going to be able to run on Philly, but their secondary is bad enough where you can just keep passing on them and it's going to keep working. And, and I do have to, I don't want to believe me. I don't want to do this, but I do have to defend Trubisky a little bit for that first half in that he was absolutely running for his life the entire half. I mean, they, the offensive line uh, imploded. They just got cratered the entire half. Uh, and if you look at the all 22, I mean, so these are, this is probably stuff that, doesn't interest you, but Olin Krutz, you know, longtime Bears legend at center, he analyzes film and does a lot of media work for Chicago now. And he looked at all the the all twenty two against Philly, and his tweet was like, "I know everybody wants to blame Mitch, and believe me, I'm among them. You can't blame him for one play in the first half against Philly because he just had no chance." Which, you know, those those words have weight to me. Uh, I, I definitely believe that Olin Krutz, and he's been really critical of Mitch in the past. He he wasn't trying to make a political statement that was this is what I see and it doesn't look good so you know the Bears are in a tough spot which is they need to have a very strong support system around a really shaky quarterback and that support system has totally trapped doored this year and that's why the offense is what it is so every week is another opportunity against a team that's like hey you can run the ball on us all day or you know our starting linebackers out or you know we have two defensive tackles that are out there's always these windows where it's kind of inexplicable that they can't move the football and then the game happens and you're like this is this is just more of the same so i'd love to say that i'm hopeful or optimistic I, i'll believe it when i see it but it, it it does it does bode well for the bears that they're a at home b the most desperate team in football because it's you know they're facing a lost season i, I think you know they're right on the cusp of, it, cusp of it if not there already and then your weaknesses play to not our strengths, but to what would allow the Bears to have a, a positive game flow. So I guess that's the part where, well, let's stop for a second and, and talk a little bit of advertising. But when we come back, let's talk predictions. Okay. Support for Blue Wire comes from Manscaped, who is number one in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. That rhymes. That's good stuff. Yeah, uh, I'm supposed to talk about a time when I hurt my balls while cutting my ball hair. Um, I really don't want to tell you that story. It's really not a fun story. It's a bad recollection, but since they're paying for this, might as well give it up. Um, yeah, uh, thought I was going to have a Harry Potter scar on my ball bag uh, because of a um, not-so-great clipper that was not-so-great at making sure everything really important to me stayed the way it was. I really enjoyed reliving that for your, uh, for your edification. Uh, but, you know, that wouldn't have happened to me if... Uh, Manscaped had been in my life. And that's why Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. Their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag your nuts. God, I wish I'd had that that day. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. And don't use the same trimmer on your face as you're using on your balls. That's just nasty. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver. Anti-chafing ball deodorant moisturizer. I'm serious. They got it. You already put deodorant on your armpits. Why are you not putting deodorant on the smelliest part of your body? I don't know if it's the smelliest part of my body. I haven't done like a smell test. I don't appreciate that. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. And get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLUEWIRE at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code BLUEWIRE. Okay, so 
given everything we've discussed, given what you think, you know, about the Lions and how you see the Bears, what's your prediction for Sunday's tilt? So you mentioned this. These are you mentioned the Chicago Bears are desperate. I think the Detroit Lions are going to be pretty desperate this week because both teams, even though I think both are pretty much out of the playoff consideration. And even, I don't even know how I mentioned playoffs on a Bears and Lions podcast. I don't know how I did that. Mm. <laughs> um, um, but I think the P word is out uh, for both teams. But, you know, if either team wins, I guess you're still technically in the race. Um, man, my prediction, I, I took it on my podcast. I said I, I took Detroit winning this game 17-14. to 14, And that's just because... Uh, I think if you have a really good offense, like our offense has been really good this year, you're going to still be able to score points on defenses. And your defense has still been a top 10 unit this year. You know, they've still been pretty good. But I think our offense is good enough to scrap away a few points from that defense. And, you know, like I mentioned, our defense is very bad. I mean, I'm just hope I'm hopeful that they could at least hold them down a little bit. Because you guys, it's going to be, like I said, it's going to be something to watch. This could go either way. I predict this. It does feel like it. Yeah, I predicted seventeen to fourteen Detroit, but like I mentioned, this could go either way. Like I wouldn't be shocked if the Bears win by that score or something like that. I think it's gonna be a close game, regardless, though. I think we're gonna find out really early on too. I I feel like within the first two or three drives of the game, like if the Bears are running the ball effectively and and you know not going three and out, three and out, three and out. That bodes really well for them, like yeah. or, or or an early score. However, that happens if if the Bears can get out of chasing points and get into dictating flow, it's going to be really hard at Soldier Field. You know, all those things like a road game for Detroit when they can't stop the run. That feels like that play is right into the Bears' hands. Alternatively, you know, the Bears could walk out on the field. Mitch could throw three into the ground, and then you know the Boo Birds come out and everybody gets tight. And what we've seen for the last month continues. So. It's really hard to predict. I mean, I, sure, I'll I'll be homery and be like, "Hey, the Bears win twenty to 17. I feel about as confident about it as, as my tone dictates. Uh, <laughs> it's just been such a hard year to understand not just what's happening, but what's going to happen next, uh, given the expectations and given what we thought we could count on and what's actually shown up on the field. So, you know, as it pertains to the Bears and my own feelings, there's a couple players that I think have an opportunity to really shine by the way does Darius Slay shadow or does he stay on one side of the field he shadows someone okay. so I would assume he would shadow Alan Robinson if yeah. I had to guess exactly so. right so that's what'll happen it'll be it'll be Slay on on you know Robinson unless there's weird bunch sets or whatever and you guys go zone but like effectively we'll assume that Darius Slay Alan Robinson and I think Darius Slay is a hell of a football player so um you know, Allen Robinson's been the one guy on offense this year that for the Bears that you can point to as a standout player. And everybody feels bad for him now because it's Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky, and that's his that's his career. He's still gotten paid, everybody. It's okay. He's going to be okay. <laughs> Nevertheless, uh, I would assume that's the case. And so that's where the Bears are. They're in a position where they have to find another offensive player that's going to be able to – uh, to move the football. If that's David Montgomery, that's fine. If that's Tariq Cohen running option routes out of the backfield, that's great. The biggest bugaboo is the tight end position and that they've gotten absolutely nothing from it despite spending the a ton of money and draft capital at the position. By the way, TJ Hawkinson um, had him in my fantasy league for a week or two and thought this is really something and then haven't really seen the results. What's, what's his usage right now? Like, What's his role in the offense? So TJ, TJ's been interesting, man. Like, he was really involved in week one, and he kind of showed like what he could be in the NFL. 
I still think he's kind of, you know, he has a lot of potential still. I still think he is, he could be a really good football player. Um, but it seems like the Lions just really rely on their receivers right now. And like, like using Galladay, they like using Marvin Jones. Um, I mean, they're good. I get yeah, it. Yeah. Amendola, even Marvin Hall lately. You probably remember Marvin Hall. Yeah, you guys picked him up. How's he been for you? He's been actually really good, man. He just gets one deep pass every single game. He gets a 50-yard catch every single week. He didn't get one last week, but ever since he's been here, he's gotten a 50-yard catch, I think, every single game. <laughs> awesome. So, um, it, it's going to be interesting. But, um, yeah, they just like really like to use the receivers. Like, that's Stafford's bread and butter. You know, he uses TJ usually if it's like a you know, third and short situation or, you know, maybe in the, the red zone. But, like... He's actually had a few problems of, uh, do I dare say the uh, the D word that Detroit fans hate with tight ends. The dr- he's been dropping a few balls lately, <laughs> and got it. So um, he's not been phenomenal, but you know his run blocking's been on right, and you know he just he needs a few years. He's just not ready yet to be a big part of this offense. And then now that Carryon Johnson is out for the season, I'm sorry, I don't know your depth chart well enough. What's the depth chart at running back, and what oh can you my. tell us about those players? Oh my, disgusting! It's absolutely oh. disgusting. It's uh, <laughs> you you might know one of these guys. You might know. Um, okay. Ty Johnson's our starting back right now. Um, he was a six round pick out of Maryland. Um, I, our, I hope that's not the one I was supposed to know. <laughs> I thought that's the one you might know. <laughs> <laughs> nope. All right. The other backs we have is. J.D. McKissick from Seattle. Oh, he rings a bell. He, he's like a gadget player. He's actually been all right for us. And then, if you play you play fantasy football? I do. Okay. This guy was kind of a waiver wire pickup like in 2016 with the Giants. Paul Perkins. He just yeah, kind of, sure. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Yeah, he's been in and out for the last three weeks. Like, he's in the practice squad. He's into the active roster. He's cut. He's back. It's every other day he's somewhere. And... um. I got it. He's he's the guy that's on the edge of the fifty three all the time. Yeah, basically, and that's mm-hmm. um, that's our three running backs we have. All right, so it's then it's Ty Johnson is like the primary ball carrier, if anybody. Well, we don't really have a primary carrier. It's kind of a committee right now. Mm-hmm. So, so but, like on first first and second down, it's one, and then when in a passing situation, it's another kind of thing. Basically, or some drives will just be Ty, or some drives will just oh, be sure. JD. It's sure. just Here, it, here's your shot. Now you get a shot. Now you basically. Get a shot. That's just kind of how it is. It's it's not pretty. It's not anything to worry about. <laughs> it's a shame because I really like on Johnson. I thought he was having a good start to the season. Yeah, I mean, he had one really good game versus the Chiefs. But other than that, I mean, Carryon's just kind of one of those backs. He needs a compliment to go with them. He's not like a Le'Veon workhorse where he could just take all the carries. He's kind of like what. You know, San Francisco has right now. They have like Burita and Coleman, or what? Yeah, these fast guys that might get nicked up, but you know, isn't like a, a workhorse that's going to yeah. pound it for thirty carries. Or exactly, whatever. exactly. Or like when New Orleans had when they had Ingram and Kamara. Like you just need a kind of compliment to go with carry on, and they haven't done that for him yet, and that's why he keeps getting hurt because this is the second year now he's got placed on IR, and he's this is the second year in the NFL, so yeah, they definitely need to find you know someone where they could maybe not split fifty fifty, but like maybe a sixty forty system. And then how much of that do you attribute to the offensive line's inability to run block? Yeah, I mean, the offensive line's been good in pass protection, but in run blocking, if you like look at the film, it's not been great. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you look at it too. Carrion has not found holes either. You know, he's missed some holes and, you know, the other running backs too, not just Carrion, but they have missed some holes. But the run blocking has definitely not been great. And, you know, our offensive tackles are not great in run blocking. And it's just very obvious because we like to only run up the A-gap. And our interior linemen are right. But, like, when it's so obvious that we're only going to run up the A-gap, 
you know, it's not difficult for a defense to game plan our run game because they're not running on the edges because our tackles have not been great. And I don't even think it's our tackles that are bad. It's just that they don't use it enough where they haven't even tested it out enough where they can't, they don't even try to mix it up. It's like, they just try to run up the eight gap and think the, that's the only way we could be able to run the ball, but it's obviously not worked. Well, that's the structure of the bevel offense, and that's how you get your play action looks off of that, right? So, yeah, it is. It is. So. As opposed to like the Bears who run this weird horizontal run game, you know, where it's like the it's jet sweeps or Tariq Cohen going to the outside for like a half yard gain after running sixty five yards. It's so <laughs> bizarre. Um, no, that all makes a lot of sense. Uh, it feels like, again, I said it at the beginning, but I'll say it again now. It feels like we're living like the same existence sort of on the other side of things. We've got a good defense. You've got a good offense, but the other side sucks. Yeah. Uh, there's been some injuries. There's some guys who are playing well, but a lot who are totally underperforming. So sorry, I guess I would say like, I empathize, I get it. Uh, and I would also say this is a loser leaves town match, but I think we've left town. I think you know, when it comes to competing for the playoffs and kind of hoping for that sort of thing, first of all, at least in terms of the Bears, I it's hard to see a pathway to a win right now the way they're playing. But, um, you know, the, the Bears schedule going forward. So we play the Lions Sunday. Then it's at the Rams. We go to New York to play the Giants, which needs to be a win. Then there's the Thanksgiving game in Detroit. Then Cowboys, Packers, Chiefs, Vikings to end the year. So you're looking at, you know, the possibility of a, five and 11, six and 10 year. Basically, if the bears don't beat the lions, I think um, jobs, jobs are going to uh, be lost at the end of the season and not just players, but you know, it's really crazy to say coming off of winning the coach of the year uh, last year, but Nagy's job is now kind of hanging in the balance. I, I know that some people out there are calling for it already, which I think is hasty and you know, they've committed a ton of money to a lot of players and a lot of coaches. It doesn't really make a lot of sense, but if, if they lose to the Lions on Sunday and then have to skate down the rest of the schedule and end with a 3-13 and 13 or 4-12 and 12 year, I cannot believe what's where we are. Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see the Bears make a hasty decision. So, loser leaves town? No. But coach leaves town? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely going to be interesting. We kind of have the opposite spec. We kind of have an easier schedule ahead of us. But to make the playoffs, it realistically probably need 10 wins and for that to happen, we need to go 7-1 the rest of the way, which, which probably will not happen because we still have teams like Dallas, um, you know, Green Bay, Minnesota again. We have to play you guys twice. But, you know, you can look at the other side. We have, like, Washington still and Denver and teams like that. But, mm. um, you know, we're probably looking at, if I had to guess, like a 7-win, maybe 8-win season if I had to guess. If everything goes as planned. If everything goes great, maybe 500. Good times. Welcome to the suck, brother. Yeah. <laughs> man, I've, I've been used to it being a fan of the Lions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. All right, man. Well, where can people find you online? What do you have to plug? Yeah, if you guys want to follow me on Instagram, like you mentioned in the beginning, I am at Lions Nation. Uh, our podcast, you know, we're Blue Wire Buddies, so I'm at the Pride Podcast. I know you guys probably don't care, but, you know, we broke down the Bears, so if you guys want to listen to that episode, you know, maybe that's no. of interest to you guys, but other ones probably don't care about. Um, unless, <laughs> unless you don't want to hear us rant about the Yeah, lines. I was going to say, if you lose and you guys are crying, you know, like, it would be really nice to be distracted from my own pain, so it's not, you know, it's not a terrible idea. I, I actually did that with your podcast, uh, your Eagles <laughs> one. <laughs> I, I heard you like criticizing everything. I'm like, okay, this makes me feel a little better about my team. There you go, man. So if, so yeah, if you want to go back to some of our losses, yeah, we have some words to say. So you guys could go back to that. Yeah, we're at the Pride Podcast on um, for our podcast, and then 
You can follow us on Twitter. I'm at uh, my under my username is my last name so Sawa S A W A underscore Tyler. If you want to follow me, and then we are at the Pride Podcast as well on Twitter and Instagram, both same thing. So, but other than that, that's pretty much it. Awesome, man. Well, hey, I really appreciate you coming on and for the insight and uh, the empathy. I'm glad both our teams suck to an equal degree. And I tell you, good luck this Sunday. Look, man, let's just like have a good game of football. Like I can live with a loss. I just can't live with like deep and overwhelming incompetence at this point. Because again, like the expectations for the season, at least for me, have somewhat sailed. But I would love to see like a good competitive game of football where we're not just shooting ourselves in the foot for sixty minutes. No, it'll be close. It'll be a close competitive game. That's all. That's what we know. That's all we know is close competitive football games. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's true, and it's in division. You know, we know all the players. Everybody knows everybody. So it's just about who can execute and actually have a non sloppy game of football. So let's see, man. All right, man. Yeah, it's gonna be fun. All right. Okay. You yeah. promise? <laughs> no, I do not promise that. I take back my words. But it's it's gonna be interesting. I'll say that. I I I promise on that. It'll be interesting. It'll be a game of football. That's about as much as I can promise. All right, Tyler. Uh, appreciate you coming on, man. And uh, like I said, man, good luck this Sunday. I appreciate it, man. See you, man. Take care. Thanks again for listening to the Chicago Shuffle podcast here on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I've been your host, Zach Lee, joined today by Tyler Sawa. Thanks again, Tyler. Also want to say thank you to our sponsors today, Untuck It and Manscaped, for their support. And finally, I know people ask this all the time. I know it's a little bit annoying, but if you can, if you have the inclination, I'd really appreciate you going rating and reviewing. If it's on Apple, if it's on Spotify, if it's on Stitcher, wherever you listen to your podcast, please leave your thoughts. Let us know what you think about what we're doing, what we can do more of, what we can do less of, unless it's crying. I'm going to continue to cry week in, week out, as long as these losses mount up. But anything else, totally open to what you have to say and uh, whatever your feedback might be. Also, if you feel like sharing what we're doing here with your friends, be it on the gram, on Twitter, on Facebook, do people still go on Facebook? I'm not on Facebook anymore. Feel great about it. Anywhere else, feel free to share and uh, help us grow this pod. I think we have great ideas for what's to come in the days and weeks ahead and appreciate you being a part of it. And we'll see you back here on Sunday after the game for reaction, post-game analysis, crying, whatever the you know the game really requires. But um, yeah, It's been a tough couple of weeks, tough time to take over a podcast, (laughs) try to make something worth listening to. So for the sake of the pod, for the sake of the Bears, for the sake of fandom, let's all hope there's a W on Sunday against these Detroit Lions. I'm Zach. Talk to you next time. Out. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.